Listen, there's a great work to be done. As soon as you win this court battle, you must deliver this message. Take advantage of this opportunity and declare a powerful message to this world. He expects more of us. He believes we can do more. Who's going to stop Christ? Who's going to stop Christ from getting this work done? This is Behind the Work. Welcome to Behind the Work. I'm Grant Turgeon. Almost 6,000 years ago, mankind lost everything. God cut them off. And so for these past six millenniums, human beings have suffered. This all traces back to just one choice at the Garden of Eden by Adam and Eve, the first man and woman. They allowed Satan to sway them to choosing his way of life instead of God's way of life. They ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil instead of the tree of life. And this is what God said after they made this choice. Genesis 3, verse 22. Behold, the man has become as one of us to know good and evil. And now lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. And then it goes on to explain how God kicked them out of the Garden of Eden. And then he put cherubims, high-ranking angels, outside the garden with flaming swords so that Adam and Eve and the rest of mankind could never get back in there. So you have these two symbolic trees. They symbolize two vastly different ways of life. Ultimately, these are the only two ways of life. There's the way of life and the way of death. There's God's way and there's Satan's way. Now, it's not necessarily wrong to understand evil. In fact, we do need to understand it. The problem with Adam and Eve is that they decided they knew best and that they could define what was good and what was evil. They didn't want to trust God to define it for them, even though God made them, even though God knows everything. That was the problem with Adam and Eve's choice. They thought they were smarter than their own creator. They thought they were exercising intellectual freedom. Meanwhile, they were actually just being enslaved by the devil. Their thinking was not unique. It was exactly like Satan's thinking because Satan caused them to think that way. And mankind ever since has gone the same path as Adam and Eve. Man is cut off. This is something the late educator and theologian Herbert W. Armstrong didn't understand until just before the end of his life. He died in 1986, and he really began understanding this about a few years before he died. This was major revelation from God to the church that mankind is cut off. Now, just think about how different that is from what most churches would teach today. 
that God is on some sort of a desperate soul saving mission. He's competing with Satan, trying to rescue as many people as possible today because people either go to heaven or hell when they die. That is so wrong. That is so untrue. God isn't even trying to reach all mankind just yet. In fact, he's only working with a select few in his church today, the Philadelphia Church of God, with supporters of God's work being done by that church. There's only one work. There's only one true message going out to the world today. And only a very small group of people has access to God, has access to the tree of life right now. This isn't about God playing favorites. It's about God eventually rescuing the rest of the world. Their time will come, but they need teachers. God has to train teachers to then teach all mankind in the future. That is when everyone else will have a chance. That is when they will no longer be cut off. But we have to wait until after Jesus Christ returns. But right now, man is cut off. Adam and Eve chose that by rebelling against God. And then God took action to actually cut them off. So what that means is human beings as a whole, the vast majority of all mankind can't receive the power of God's Holy Spirit. They cannot receive God's mind in them through the Holy Spirit. And yet a small group of people today can. There is one group of people cut off from God, billions of people on earth today. And then there's another group of several thousand who are not cut off from God, who do have the Holy Spirit. But then there's also a third group. There are plenty of people in God's church who have not been baptized yet. They do not yet have God's Holy Spirit in their minds, but they are being led by God. And they do have an opportunity when the time is right to be baptized, to receive the Holy Spirit, and to walk that path of conversion, that lifelong conversion process. Notice 1 Corinthians 7 verse 14, for the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Else were your children unclean, but now are they holy. Holy children. God's church is full of holy children. Children who do not have God's Holy Spirit, but they have at least one parent or guardian who is converted and who is trying to lead them the right way, God's way. And so God's church does all it can to help parents. 
and to assist parents as the primary educators of their children in teaching those children God's way of life. These children are in a third category. They're not cut off like the world. They don't have the Holy Spirit like converted members in God's church, but they can receive that Holy Spirit in the future, in the very near future. They just have to be old enough to make that decision and to commit their lives to God. Holy children, a separate category. They do not have to be cut off like the rest of the world, thanks to their parents. Now, God's work devotes so much time and energy and money and other resources into helping parents. And a major way this is done is through, uh, well, it used to be called Philadelphia Youth Camp. It's now called the Summer Educational Program here on the campus of the Philadelphia Church of God in Edmond, Oklahoma. Every July, well over 100 teenagers come to campus and they experience this summer educational program. Three life-changing weeks where they develop friendships, they play sports, they go to formal events, they have dorm time, they have Bible lectures, they get to give a couple of speeches, they challenge themselves and they just have a wonderful time in the process. Summer educational program is a major way that God's work tries to help parents. Now, unlike the world <laughs> where communists believe that they should be the primary educators of our children, God's work teaches that the parents are the primary educators of their children. No adult with a corrupt agenda should step in and try to take over that parental role. But all parents do need help. We do not know everything. Remember, Adam and Eve thought they knew everything. And so they ended up rebelling against God entirely and being cut off from God. We don't want to think we know everything. God has a lot to teach us. He has many ways to help us as we raise children to hopefully one day choose for themselves God's way of life when they are adults, when they are fully informed, when they have a full understanding of God's way versus Satan's way, then they can choose for themselves. But right now, as they live with their parents, parents must rule them and set the boundaries. A big way that we help the young people at this youth camp is to help them prioritize God. This is a life-changing youth camp because literally the children go back home different. They go back home more respectful to their parents. They go back home with spiritual habits of prayer and Bible study in place. They go back home to their 
church congregations, and they're more outgoing and friendly and respectful, able to carry on a conversation. They go back home more motivated. After just three weeks of the summer educational program each year, these teenagers really do experience major change if they want to, if they're excited about the program and and just go along with what that program teaches them. Here is a major end time prophecy that fits in with what I just said. Malachi 4 verse 6, and he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers. This is talking about an end time type of the prophet Elijah. You can see that in Malachi 4 verse 5. Elijah who would come before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Obviously, the prophet Elijah anciently died thousands of years ago. He didn't come just before the the dreadful day of the Lord that still has not yet occurred. But there was a man in this end time who did fulfill this role and he did build families just like Malachi 4 verse 6 says. He turned the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers. I believe the order of this verse is pretty clear about the priorities there. Who has to make the first move in building that family relationship? The heart of the fathers must be turned to the children first. The father, the head of the family, has to make the first step to build those strong bonds with his children. And the mother supports the father in doing that. Sometimes I just look my children in the eyes and really what I see is innocence. My daughter's five, my son's almost two. And they don't know a whole lot of what is going on in the world. We, we teach them a little bit, but we don't want to scar them by telling them all of the horrific things that are happening. They, there's so much they don't know yet. And children, especially at that age, are so dependent on their parents for education. They're deeply impressionable. They need someone to teach them. And the thing is, if we neglect that job, someone else is going to step in, whether it is a perverted teacher at a public school or whether it is the television and all of the anti-family messages on so many of the shows. Somebody is going to educate these children. And if we are not proactive with these precious gifts, these little children, and then as they become teenagers as well, someone else will educate them. That is a fact. So we have this summer educational program, and it is a way for fathers to be proactive, sending their teenagers to this youth camp 
and receiving assistance from God's work in helping those children. Now, the fathers obviously have to make the first step here. But then the second part of Malachi 4, verse 6 that we read says that the heart of the children must be turned to their fathers as well. The youth camp is what makes that happen in such a big way. That's where children go home determined to make a change, determined to love their parents more and obey the fifth commandment and honor their parents. We have hearts of the fathers turning to the children, hearts of the children turning to their fathers all the time in God's church. A major repeat trend in God's church is strong families. Now, like anyone else, we, we do have our problems from time to time, and we do need counsel from the ministry. We need help from God in fixing problems in our families. But if you just look at the way that the world does family and the way that God's work does it, it's not even close. There is no epidemic of fatherlessness in God's church. You know, the fatherlessness that causes children to run away from home or get addicted to drugs, become a criminal. The fatherlessness that ravages our society. You don't see that in God's church. You see fathers and children coming together. The hearts being turned to each other. Summer educational program turns the heart of the children to their fathers. The fathers have to make the first step. They have to be the primary educator of their children. But then God's work does a major assist there in helping the children reciprocate that love to their fathers, to their parents. We have to really care about raising children God's way. It's amazing how much the devil cares about our children, how much he wants to destroy them, and he will. All it takes is a little bit of neglect from us, and he will destroy our children. Proverbs 22, verse 6, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Children need summer educational program. They need all the resources that God's work offers. They need active, loving parents as their primary educators. They need to be trained from a young age. They need to build the right spiritual foundation now. They need to build friendships now that will help them through tough times. They need a relationship with God where they will never feel alone. Even if they're literally physically all by themselves, God will still be there with them and he will see them through. They need to be trained while they're young. This is not indoctrination. The world tries to indoctrinate children. 
The world tries to brainwash children. God's work tells them, prove it for yourself. Search the scriptures. Learn God's promises and, and determine for yourself by the evidence whether those promises are true. Don't take our word for it. Develop that relationship with God yourself and see how it will benefit you and change your life. How desperately do we need more people today who know how to think? So many people are like clapping seals. They just, whatever their favorite political party or social group says, they just mindlessly follow along with that like a trained clapping seal. We have to know how to think for ourselves. Children must learn unquestioning obedience from a very young age, but then the understanding follows. They have to learn to stop when they're told to stop. If they're running toward a busy intersection, they must obey immediately. And then after they have stopped, maybe we can explain, you see, you would have been hit by a car. The obedience has to come first. And then as they get older, they understand more and more. We can teach them more and more. They can learn from their own experience, from their own studies and interactions with others that God's way is the best way. They can choose that way themselves. And they do have a special opportunity to do this because they are in that special category where they're not cut off from God. They also don't have God's Holy Spirit in them yet, but they have a chance to receive it soon. So summer educational program does start today, July 11th, and we're really excited to see well over 100 teenagers running and sweating all over campus, chanting, cheering, having the best time of their lives. And underneath it all is this emphasis on family bonds, turning the heart of the fathers to the children, the heart of the children to their fathers, bringing in more dedicated supporters of God's work, these young people, will be married and having their own children within the next decade in many cases, and they need that right foundation now. Strong families make strong congregations, which makes a strong church and a strong work of God. And so they have to be trained young. They have to learn to think for themselves and prove this way for themselves. So what an, a wonderful opportunity for these young people who are going to summer educational program here in Edmond, Oklahoma. Three life-changing weeks. And for the rest of us, we get a chance to support them by praying for them and by doing God's work to the fullest. A work that really does build families. While the world is destroying family more than ever, God's work is building families. There is nothing better than a strong 
home and family life, all empowered by a strong relationship with God. And so naturally, God's work does everything possible to facilitate this. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Behind the Work. You've been listening to Behind the Work. Email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for a new episode each Monday at 12 p.m. Central Time 